You have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You gotta touch, you have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You gotta be possessed with the dream. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight from the Chess Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I'm your host on this personal development, self-improvement, growth podcast. Listen, if you're new to this show, I just want to take this time and I want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. And if this is your second, 52nd, or 252nd time tuning back in, thank you for your continued listenership and support of the podcast. It means a lot to me if you haven't yet already. Please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, basically anywhere there's podcasts, we're likely there. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Support us on that channel. Comment. Expand the podcast by linking it to your Twitter's Instagram. If it's on Instagram, at me at Justin Craig Roth. I'll be sure to mention you in the in the uh, stories as well. And uh, yeah, just to help support the podcast, generate more awareness of the the lovely guests that we have on, including who we have today, Sandy Danger. What's yo, up? Yo, yo, what's going on, Justin? Thank you for having me today. I appreciate and it. Welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. Thank it's you. been a long time. I've been wanting to have you on for quite a while. You don't know that, uh-huh. but I just always, when I look at your Instagram, I always see you're f- stupid fucking busy. <laughs> so I just kind of... I hold off until the other day I saw you post about Cube uh-huh. and that whole gamut of things. And I'm like, I, I, I got to get her on. I yeah. just got to. Because for people that don't know, you used to train with me. Mm-hmm. It's been years since you trained me. It's been since 2014, I want to say. Right. Uh, you and Nikki Ray both came uh-huh. and, and we did the damn thing at the park. And right. It was fun. Yes. But since then, it's been a long time. But in the process of you and I training, mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed you. And I don't mean that. To just say, because I say it, I don't say that by everybody. Mm-hmm. Like there are certain personalities that when you connect with, no matter if it's through my business or through my podcast or whatever, like right. you gel well with them. And you've been always one of those people. I always love your banter, your wit. You have a fucking strong wit. And you can just, and that's the thing that I love about you're just a fucking fireball, mm-hmm. dude. Like you can just <laughs> handle the best of them. And so anyways, that just enthralled me about you. And that was when we were training. And then I would see you occasionally at Jocko. Shout out right. to Jocko's. And um, and it's the same thing. It, like it just picked up like it didn't ever stop. Right. And I love that about you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's so funny because, um, like you said, you know, we used to train together. And there would be times where I would go weeks without seeing Justin. And I would always run into him at a bar or something like that. It's like, oh, my God, there's Justin. He can't see me drinking alcohol and eating this kind of food. So I'd be kind of like hiding behind people. And I would like drop my my uh, what's it called? Um, like uh, my fear or whatever that Justin. OK, he left already. And then out of nowhere, he I would feel like a little hey, how's it going? I'm like, oh my God, Justin, put those drinks away. Those are not mine, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, but you're the best. You really are. And that's the thing. It's like people's personalities, sometimes you get it run across a personality where you just don't want to have anything to do with it. Uh-huh. And you just, they're kind of dry. There's nothing to them. And it's, you're trying to carry a conversation when it doesn't even matter. Right. Like case in point, like I'm at Jocko's the other night mm-hmm. and there's this there's this guy that I'm talking to and it's like pulling teeth with him and I don't even give a fuck to be talking to you in the first Uh place. Right. Why am I even doing this? Why am Uh I having to carry this conversation? Mm -hmm. And it's like, at that point you want to just remove yourself, but because it's, 
I don't know, you, maybe that's not the most tactful thing to do. Mm-hmm. You keep talking. Right. And you keep trying to pull from this person. <laughs> and it's just, a, I just, it's, it's yeah. the, one of the worst feelings. You uh-huh. probably go through that when you're interviewing people on 95.7. So, okay. So I shouldn't talk too much about that. Tell people what you do mm-hmm. and kind of lead in with that and just give them a background on who Sandy is. All right. So what I do, um, I host a morning show on 95.7, the beat, me and my coworker, uh, Louie, shout out to my boy Louie. Uh, so we do the morning show and uh, we've been doing it together for about three years. Uh, previous to that, um, I was doing it with somebody else for about two years. Previous to that, I was doing the midday show over at 95.7 The, the Beat. Previous to that, I was on a Spanish uh, radio station. So, uh-huh. Dang. Yeah. I didn't know that was the whole, yeah. that was that was you. The that whole was time. me. Yeah. Jeez. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can speak Spanish so well. Can you, tell, heard, can you tell that to my family, please? Because they don't, they, yeah. Oh my gosh. I've heard you in small, like not, not like on radio, uh-huh. but I've heard you like when we, I think I might've asked you to say something to me on, when right. we were training. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm enthralled by that. When people can speak both languages uh-huh. really, really well, mm-hmm. you would never be able to tell that you, that you, probably your main language is mm-hmm. Spanish, I'm assuming? Yeah, it was my first language. I learned both at the same time. Uh, my dad, uh, well, I come, a fa- come from a family of seven kids. So I'm the youngest. All of my brothers and sisters, they were all born in Mexico. Um, just me and my brother Frank were the only ones born here in the States. And uh, when I was born, being the youngest, my dad, he's like, oh, you know what? We want to try to teach her, teach her to speak English because everybody else spoke Spanish. And when my brothers and sisters came to the States, speaking Spanish was not allowed in schools. So they would get in trouble for speaking Spanish. Um, I learned English, I want to say first, but Spanish was my main language when I was a kid. Because being home and stuff, it's like, nah, when we're at home, we're speaking Spanish. Once you go out there, go to school, go to work or whatever, you could speak English. But they just wanted me to make sure that I knew both of the, the languages. So how was, tell me about the the radio station. Uh-huh. How was it when you interview people and mm-hmm. you get someone on? We had a brief convo before we got on. <laughs> and I mentioned it to, I'll just tell this to the, to the listeners. When I have people come on the show, yeah. they they get sometimes they they look at the cameras, uh-huh. they get kind of enamored by that. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but the point of them, the reason why I get kind of I get perturbed at that, and I also tell them in the beginning, this is how to become a rule now that I enforce. I just say, look, you can't look at the cameras, right? And please talk about a fist away from the <laughs> microphone, because two things will happen when they look at the camera. They'll uh-huh. they'll one, they direct their attention elsewhere. So now it's on an intimate conversation between right. him and I or uh-huh. her and I. And also it moves their vocals from away from the microphone. So mm-hmm. now they, they look like they're or they sound like they're far away. Right. And I'm like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why are you even looking at that thing? Who mm-hmm. cares? Yeah. Like I'm here. Right. Am I not more important than the fucking camera? Do they do like that side view like on the, on yes. the office? Yes. Yes, exactly. So is that what people do? Do people ever do? You know, do you film in cam- uh, in studio? Um, you know what? Uh, we don't film, but whenever somebody does come to interview, they have their own camera people. So sometimes they'll have like a camera guy over there, and for the most part, they know what they're doing. They it's not their first rodeo, you know, being over at ninety five point seven the beat. They've been to other stations, um, but once in a while, we will get somebody that uh, that they'll have their own camera person, and it's like, like we're not talking; they're talking to the camera. You know, so I'll ask them a question and it's like, we're not talking. It kind of does lose that intimacy. Yes. And then sometimes we'll get people like we were talking uh, before we started where they're like this far away and they want to be really sexy and smooth with it. And I get it. 
but it doesn't capture it when you're hearing it on the radio. So it's like not everybody's in the studio with us, you know, listening the way I'm listening. So we have everybody wear headphones. So that way, if you don't hear yourself in the headphones, you're not talking loud enough or you're not close enough, you know, so. That's funny. I used to have headphones. Yeah. And I used to, we had a different setup and I had headphones and I had the mics on mic stands. Mm -hmm. And for the purposes of the podcast now, I can't run headphones because the cord wouldn't be long enough right. and it would be cords on the floor and uh -huh. fuck that. I'm not about right. that life. Uh -huh. So I just don't use headphones now, but I, that's, that's why I try to enforce that fist distance away yes. from the mic. Yeah. Otherwise it doesn't, you're right. It doesn't make Do out. Do you get well. the opposite where it's like, you're making out with the microphone? Not yet. Not yet. I'll probably get that. You, I'm might, sure. you, you might get some lipstick on this later. I'm just. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. But what is it like uh -huh. working at a radio station? Um, and being on air in front yeah. of lots of people. You know what? I don't even consider it like, uh, whenever I go on air, I just pretend like I'm talking to Louie, my co-host and that's it. So that's the way that it seems like, uh, I just feel like I'm having a conversation with him. Like what'd you do this weekend? And I just feel like I'm talking to him. The only time that I'll kind of like, Oh shit, we're on like in front of a hundred thousand people are listening right now. Is if like my mom will text or call one of my brothers will call or text and be like, oh, we're listening right now. Then I start to get a little bit nervous. It's like, oh, mom is listening right now. Like, what if I say something that I don't want them to know about or I don't know, just anything. And uh, I get this a lot. Like my family will be like, oh, here comes Sandy Danger. Ooh, you know what I mean? And it's like, come on, guys, like any family barbecue or something like that. They're oh, does Sandy you. Danger want to sit with us peasants? And it's like, you guys stop <laughs> it. So they're celebritizing you to some yes. degree. <laughs> yes. 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 But I mean, obviously that's so that's that's a perk, uh -huh. but it also cannot be a perk depending mm -hmm. on how it's used. Like if right. you're I don't know, I'm not in that position, mm -hmm. but when you're heard by a lot of people and that's one right. question I was going to ask you. Mm -hmm. What is it like now when most people are streaming music, when they mm -hmm. get in their car, mm -hmm. it's unless they're fans of the morning show, yeah. they're likely just going to plug their Apple in mm -hmm. or their, I'm sorry, Apple, their fucking phone in right. and, or their, their music or the music is already going to be Bluetooth spun from their mm -hmm. phone automatically. They have a playlist ready to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how is that when you lose so many of those people now, like nowadays? Well, they, what I've noticed is that uh, there was this meme not too long ago on TikTok where they're like, man, wouldn't you want like, I can't remember what they were listening to. I think it was like Spotify or Pandora. I can't remember what it was. And they're like, wouldn't it be cool if they were talking to you in real time? Like there was somebody like in between songs talking to you in real time, giving you little updates about the celebrities or whatever it is. And then somebody wrote in, the, in like the comments, like that's called radio, like FM radio. So a lot of the people that tune into us, it's not necessarily because of the music, because if you listen to other stations, they play similar music that, that we do. So it's like, why are they listening to us if they could listen to anything else, you know? And it's not necessarily for the music. You're basically running a podcast in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. That's basically yeah, what it is. That's what it is. Uh -huh. That's, Lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And that's the reason mm -hmm. why people love to tune in because they love mm -hmm. the personalities. They love Sandy's personality. Mm -hmm. They love, love Louie's personality. Louie's correct? Yeah. They love his personality. I guess they do. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys, I'm sure cap on each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't hold back on any of that. And another thing about radio as well, too, is being local. So people want to hear their name on the radio station, you know, like happy birthday to so and so. Or if we happen to run into them at the grocery store, it's like, hey, that was me that encountered her. They tell other people and they 
it's just like you could relate to them. I heard that there was a party on DeJoy Street in Santa Maria, whatever it is. And it's like, hey, I was at that party. So it's like, I wonder if she's going to talk about me kind of thing. Yeah. So it, when you localize yourself, you also kind of like bring everybody into the room with you at the same time. You make them part of the show. You make them part of uh, your conversation. And it's like, you want to feel important. You want to hear feel heard. So we try to do that with our listeners as well, too. Like, yeah, chime in. What do you guys think about this? Even if it's negative, whatever it is, we'll still, we're still going to broadcast it. We're still going to say what they said because we want them to be heard. And then, you know, just go on from there. Well, that's the thing that people can can attract themselves to is relatability. Like they, you're doing, you're dispensing with something on a podcast that's mm-hmm. relatable to them. And that's your, that's predominantly your viewer base. I'm assuming like the local, like five cities area. Right. Correct. Uh-huh. So I'm sure you get outside people, but then mm-hmm. you don't get those people like you would, you can't because your, your thing doesn't span that far. Like you're actually, yeah, it does. Oh, it does. It does. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I say is because mm-hmm. when I'm traveling to LA, yeah. you guys cut out. Yeah. And so like when I get to maybe thousand or maybe like start to Im- Im- mm-hmm. immerse in LA, like yeah. I, you guys cut out and mm-hmm. then like I get the power right. and shit like that. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. but like if you go online, then you can listen anywhere in the world. But yeah, I oh, get yeah, what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Online. Uh-huh. You're, yeah. Okay. Cry. I mm-hmm. missed that point. Mm-hmm. Well, you did this to me one time. Uh Oh, you said <laughs> you put, you put, you happy birthday me. Yes. And this was years ago. And I only uh-huh. found out because you did it when I was at work and I was training. I, I had a client come in and she says, she says, I was listening on the radio and somebody said happy bir- and Sandy said happy birthday to you. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's fucking sweet. And I think I might have texted you about it later. Uh-huh. This was years back. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so that made me feel good uh-huh. when you did that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I expect that. You don't expect that from right. anybody. Uh-huh. But the fact that you implemented me in that, it was like that's fucking cool. It makes you feel important, even though you're not important. Uh I'm not important, but it makes you feel. But you're important to me. You know, you're important enough for me to be like, oh, you know what? It's his birthday. I want him. I want to do a little something, even if it's not big, but I, I, I want him to hear, you know, that I really do care. And I wanted to wish him a happy birthday. And that's what it's all about. You know, whenever you hear your, your name on the radio or somebody else tells you, Hey, I heard they they were talking about you on the radio. Cause I'll talk about people in general and i'll be like oh, i'm not gonna say any names michael right. jason right, right. justin and it's like people know oh it's justin from grover beach i know who she's talking about yes do you find that when you do that when you put people out there that mm-hmm. it comes back to you in regards to like if you want to go on that metric of karma uh-huh. you know like when you put something out you yeah. do something good for somebody mm-hmm. even if it's a good word do yeah. you feel like it comes do you find it comes back to you i feel it does yeah uh-huh absolutely that's kind of the currency mm-hmm. as a hu- for human beings. It's yeah. like you put out a good word for somebody, you put somebody up, mm-hmm. you might platform somebody, or even if it's not platforming them, you give them a compliment in the gym, right. you give a compliment to them anywhere based on whatever, and you're like, mm-hmm. and you end up sometimes, it seems like you get that back. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that shit is. I don't know if it's that's just putting out good, I hate to say this, vibrations. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate that because it's very, <laughs> it's very fucking like cliche to say uh-huh. that. But I don't Uh, know what else it is. And I don't do it to expect anything back because I don't. That's not the reason that I'm doing it. You know, I just want to do it because it it comes from here. Like I, I, I want to do it, you know, but it does make me feel good when somebody says, oh, that made my day. And it's like, that made my day. You sending me that message made my day. And we get a lot of people from out in the prison in Lompoc that, um, you know, 
for whatever reason it is that they're in there or whatever, they don't have family. They don't have anybody that they talk to or anything like that. They listen to us all day long, all day long. Um, one of my nephews, he works at the prison. Shout out to Valencia, by the way. Uh, he works at the prison. He's like, man, every time you guys are talking on the radio, you know, they're listening, they're laughing, this and that. So they started writing into us and hey, can we get a shout out for so and so and so and so their own little clicks. And they're so kind to us. They're like, thank you guys for giving us a shout out. Hey, shout out to the big house in Lompoc. Little things like that. I don't expect anything from them. And as they get out from prison, um, years later, I'll get letters, I'll get messages, DMs, and they'll just, hey, I got out of prison two years ago and I just want to say thank you because if it wasn't for radio, I think I would be going crazy, you know, just not having outside communication and you guys talking about where you guys ate at over the weekend. It makes me imagine like if I was there, just little things like that. It makes my day. It's like, I didn't know I was making your day. You guys sending me those messages like you made my day. Thank you. Yeah, there's a massive, massive reciprocity effect with mm-hmm. that, you yeah. know, and that's fulfilling. Mm-hmm. That's super fulfilling mm-hmm. and you can't buy that. Correct. Yeah. That's uh-huh. the one thing that's yeah. something that people, that's not tangible in terms of a transactional process. And that's what uh-huh. makes it so much more gratifying when you get those words of encouragement back. You know, you told me one, one time I asked you the question, I said, look, this is when we were training. I said, uh-huh. how do you, <laughs> or maybe I asked you and Nikki Ray, I said, uh-huh. what happens when you fuck up on air Mm -hmm. you fumble your words what do you do and I remember I'll never forget this you said you just keep going Mm -hmm. you just you fumble but you keep going because Mm -hmm. what happens is people will start to forget what you fumbled on because you keep going yes and they keep now they have to pick up with what you're saying Mm -hmm. you know and as you keep moving forward Mm -hmm. that's very aligned to the podcast Mm -hmm. like if I fumble Mm because it happens often Mm -hmm. I have to keep going I can't unless it's like a fact that I'm wrong about yeah. or not, something that I'm wrong about. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, wait, 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 in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I can't, no, that's not right. And you start to think about things as you keep talking, but mm-hmm. you're like, that wasn't right. I have to, I have to re, I have to, I have to correct myself. Yes, or correct whatever. myself. Uh-huh. And, but other part from that, like if you fumble like on a word or something. Oh yeah. And I do that all the time. You know, I don't know if it's dyslexia or sometimes I think in Spanish, even though I speak in English, I think in Spanish. So it's like certain words that I want to say that uh, the way that I want to express myself, that word in English just doesn't come. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I'll be thinking about it in Spanish. And That's going like, to be a clip. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking clip that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, there'll be times where it's like, dang, what's that guy's name or whatever. And it's just like, or you'll say something. Um and it's just like, whatever it is, you just have to keep going. Sometimes we open up the mic and it's like, wait, what were we talking about? I forgot I'm on radio right now. Like, I forgot what I'm doing. Like, what am I doing here? You know, we we all have those little brain farts or sometimes it's like, I just not present in the moment or I have other grander things in my mind that uh, I forget what I'm talking about and you do mess up. But it's like, you start thinking like, fuck man, everybody listen to that. They, nobody cares. I watch TV and people fuck up all the time. I'll listen to radio, whatever it is. People fuck up all the time. I'm not thinking about that after. That's not in my mind. The only person that's thinking about that is me. So whenever we mess up, we might be thinking, oh my gosh, everybody's thinking that. Nobody is. Nobody's thinking about your mess up. Everybody has so many things going on in their day that they're not, they don't care what you did. Maybe in that moment, it might seem like whatever, but nobody cares. No one cares. And that's what kind of gives you the 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 power to keep going. It's like, 
okay, I fucked up, but nobody cares. <laughs> no one cares. Nobody's going to remember this tomorrow. Right. Who cares? It's when you put yourself in the position of the other person, mm-hmm. realizing that like, well, if I was to listen to that, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be in my mind. Right. Longer than three seconds. Correct. And then I move on with my day with mm-hmm. other things or what other things they're saying. Yeah. Other thoughts that I have, like, but you're, you're probably to some degree a perfectionist and you grade yourself mm-hmm. and you're grading yourself mm-hmm. as you're speaking because right. that is your job right. to speak. Correct. So you're always thinking of ways to improve. Uh-huh. And if you're like me, you don't listen. Mm-hmm. If somebody records you. Yeah. You don't listen to right. it. Right. Yeah. I'm like that with the podcast. <laughs> I don't listen to it. You don't listen to any of your any podcasts. Any of the podcasts. Really? No, because I lived uh, them. I yeah. lived them. And right. then when it's done, it's done. And uh-huh. I also don't want to listen to my voice. Okay. And I don't want to <laughs> listen to what I say because I'm like, in my mind as I'm saying it, I could, I could, I know that I could say it differently, maybe better. Yes. Convey it, convey it better. Yes. So I don't, I already am so hard on myself with all kinds of other things uh-huh. that I don't want to add to the fire. Yeah. So you're going to be your own worst critic. And like whenever you do examine your, your, your voice or the way that you said something, um, you're going to always be like, fuck, I should have worded it like this. But as long as you're able to convey what you want to communicate with that person, it doesn't matter how you say it. As long as they understand it, that's that's all that matters. It's true. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking about talking, I'm sure you have days where, like as I have days where, you'll wake up, you uh-huh. might have had good rest. Yep. I, I'm going to ask you this question. You yep. probably grade yourself on this because I do. And maybe, hopefully you do. Hopefully you're, you're in the okay. same camp as me. Okay. You wake up, you maybe had, let's say two scenarios. You wake up, great sleep, great breakfast. Everything is so. This got, is so that we're pretending right now. Pretending, then. pretending. <laughs> great sleep. Okay. Great because I'm sure out of all years you've done radio, uh-huh. this has happened that where you woke up uh-huh. refreshed. Yes. Great night's sleep. Ready to go. Ready to go. Got good breakfast. You look fucking amazing. Your uh-huh. makeup goes on point. Hair is on point. Yeah. Outfit on point. Uh-huh. Your car is even washed. Oh. You pull up clean as yes. shit right yes you get on mic and you're fucking in a fog mm-hmm. and you can't think mm-hmm. why does that happen even though everything was optimized yes does that or okay why does that happen but how is it how does that happen to you oh yes absolutely it does absolutely it does and there'll be other times where it's exactly the opposite where everything is wrong and you just you don't feel good your stomach's kind of like you know because i get up at 4 30 in the morning and so at 4 30 in the morning it's not like you could just shove food down your mouth and be like okay i'm ready to go i usually eat breakfast like around noonish. um so i try to drink coffee to wake up and stuff but sometimes it just everything kind of goes wrong and i guess it also kind of we play off mm, each other me and my my co-host like if he's in a great mood and i'm in a shitty mood i kind of get his vibe like okay he's in a great mood like i better raise myself up to his level of where he's at right now. I don't want to bring him down. So I'll avoid talking about anything negative that's going on with my day uh, to avoid him feeling that way. So if I see he's doing a great, he's having a great day, then I'm just going to jump on that. Is there ever a time where you're having a shitty day and you just don't care about the about what he might be picking up and you just start tell, talking shit yeah and then you're like <laughs> and then you realize afterwards i shouldn't have said that uh-huh. or why was i because we're human right. like we're gonna say shit that we take back mm-hmm. even if because it, it's in the moment and mm-hmm. we're like you know what this feels good as fuck to talk this shit mm-hmm. even though you're not thinking about who it's affecting mm-hmm. who's listening mm-hmm. your co-host etc does that happen um 
I can't really think of a certain instance where that's happened. I've always been very conscious about uh, the way that I'm going to make him feel as um, we talk a lot of shit about each other's insecurities or little things like that. But it's you we have um, enough respect where we're never going to disrespect each other like things that are important to him. Like I'm not going to talk about his family, his daughter or anything like that, you know, but I will attack him like on his hairline or something like that where I know that it's like even though I talk shit, it's not going to be like oh man we can't talk for years and years or years and that did it like nothing that's gonna be um that we can't talk out like I always I'm very conscious about that like don't say anything about this don't say anything about, about that um because words do hurt and you might be you know you just don't know who 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 you're gonna be offending or whatever so you do have to have a little bit even though you might have a shitty day and you just don't care you kind of do you kind of still remember where you're at and it's like Nah, I can't. I Even though I'm mad, I'm going to take a break right now and I'm going to go outside and take a walk around the building or something and, and then we'll continue. Because you're, you're, you have to preserve the relationship. Yes. Because you guys work together and mm-hmm. it's, the worst thing is faking mm-hmm. dialogue yes, correct. with somebody. Oh, yeah. When there's tension in the room. And we've done that before where there's tension in the room and you could hear it. People have messaged us like, oh, really? Yeah. But it's like everybody. And I I guess we just kind of like played off of it because you could tell when we're mad at each other. You can. And people, uh, once again, because we attack each other's, you know, little insecurities or whatever. And uh, you could tell. You could just tell the tone in our voice where we hit certain topics that we do not agree on. We have very opposite polar views. And it's like, dude, we need to stop arguing about this. Like, this is getting too personal. And I don't think our listeners care for that. But yes, they do. Because they're listening. It's kind of like when you hear an argument, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Let me listen a little bit closer. Well, it's drama. And it's it's drama. 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 It's drama. And it's real drama. We're not faking the funk. When we're mad at each other, we really are mad at each other. And you could tell uh, in our voices. You could just tell in our voices that, okay, it's getting a little personal. So people will message us, dang, you guys sound like a married couple. Oh, I'm on Sandy's side. Oh, I'm on Louie's side on this. And we realize that it actually makes for great radio uh, when those things happen. So, Do your listeners climb up when that happens? Um. We don't, we don't know like, um, metrics, metrics, you know, on that certain day or whatever, but we will see it in the text messaging in the phone calls yeah. and how much people are responding. Like the, the phone lines will start going off like that, that they oh. want to chime in. And it's like, okay, Hey Louie, by the way, our lines are going off like this. Oh, it's cause they like listening to us. See? And it's like, okay, I kind of get it. So then I start going back like, okay, it's part of the show. It's just part of the show. So I kind of try to cool down after the show ends. Me and him have a little talk just to be like, okay, there's nothing personal. This is what I meant by it. It was just part of the show. Okay, cool. Me too. Cool. Let's go. Yeah. You kind of have to have thick skin to be in. Oh, absolutely. To be a you know, co-host and be in radio. Yes. Uh-huh. You do. You do. So being in radio, I'm sure you get this a lot. People wanting you to play their tracks. Mm-hmm. And how does that go? When somebody... Somebody, I'm sure, DMs you like a rapper, up and coming right. rapper, artist, etc., and they're like, "Yo, can you put me on?" Is this coffee? What is? Absolutely, it's coffee. For Cream, me. sugar, black. Black. Uh oh, I heard. Like I heard only. Heart. Oh. Uh, like your heart. Uh, I only. I heard that psychopaths drink black. Coffee. That I'm a psychopath then. Love it black. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. 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 Bam. Woo. Do you drink cream and sugar? Or put, drink six your cream, six sugars. Dang. 
six and six ounces. Six the and devil. six. Six, six and six. six, and six the <laughs> no, just six and six. Not a third six. In six ounces. No, thank of you. No, thanks. Yeah. So every time I go somewhere and I say six and six, they already know it's me. It's kind of embarrassing. That's awesome. Though. It's embarrassing. People know you. Yeah. They, people they're know like, that about is you. this Sandy? And it's like, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. I'm so embarrassed. Yes, it is. Uh huh. Okay. So people trying to get put on by you. Yes. That uh-huh. happens. Oh, yeah. Okay. What is your go? Do you have a go to explanation or go to way out of it? Well, because it's uh, kind of awkward, I'm sure. You know what? In the very beginning, I would, uh, I didn't know anything about radio. Like, I just, I was just on, I didn't know anything. So I would respond to everybody, like, oh, yeah, I want to listen to it, you know? And I would tell, like, my boss, like, hey, we got this track in from so and so. And, and they're like, you're going to, just because you responded, now you're going to get a, you let the floodgates open by doing that, by responding to one person. So, um, Whenever they do send me their music, I do listen. I don't always respond, but yes, I do listen because you just never know who the next Beyonce out there is. You yeah. just never know. You know, you want your voice to be heard and not, I know that not everybody listens uh, that works in this industry will, you know, open up their DMs and, and, and listen to the music. I do just because I'm curious. And most of the time it's so shitty. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's great, you know? But it's just, I just want to know just because you just never know. Um, and the ones that I see that are, are uh, that are serious about their career going further, um, I will give them little tips and stuff like that that I know of, you know, because it's not as easy as here's my mixtape. Can you put this on air? It doesn't happen like that. There's a whole process that you have to go through. Um, it's not really even up to me, the music that's playing on the radio. We have a program director that does that. Uh, we have, um, you know, a music advisor that kind of tells you like, all right, this is the sound that's going on right now. And this is what you guys need to play. So I don't have a lot of uh, say so when it comes to that, unless we're in the mix and we're playing a little bit of everything. That's only time. So basically for everybody out there listening that wants to get their music played on the radio, um, I would advise you to get somebody to represent you like a manager type of person. Let them speak for you. Don't go in there and go talk to the radio station. No. Have somebody go into the station and speak for you. You know, hey, this is my client and uh, they've been they've been working at this for five years. Here's what they've done. And my name is, you know, Justin and I'm representing them. Uh, what can we do to get involved? You know, here's the music and get, get to know the program directors um, at different radio stations and stuff like that. Develop a relationship. Interesting. That's a process. It is a process. But, you know, if if. If we played everybody's music that sent it in, that's all you'd play. That's right? what all we would play. Is there a is there a chance that if someone's good enough, like the next Kanye, mm-hmm. and just hasn't been discovered, and mm-hmm. sends you a track, and mm-hmm. you realize this person has something like a very yes. big talent, mm-hmm. is there a possibility you could persuade the program director to just put his music in, or can't even do that? No, you can't even do that. Um, so if that was the case, which we have had situations like that, where I there's so many people here on the Central Coast that I feel are, feel are super talented and they just haven't haven't had that breakthrough yet. Because you know how they say like you can't be a prophet in your own land. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of true when it comes to music. Because everybody's like, oh, here comes so and so with their music. Oh, my God. But then they go into like a different county like Ventura, which is very close to here. And they go and play their music and everybody's feeling it. everybody's vibing to it. And it's like that person has something. They're just hating here because they know that they're from here. Mm. And I don't know if they're, it's like jealousy that they just don't want to see them come out of where they came from. 
I don't, I don't know what the reasoning is. Um, but what I will do, I will talk to the people that I know that are representatives of different artists and I'll be like, you know what? Check out this kid. Listen to him. And then they will go out and reach out to them. If oh, they that's feel. super cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I do have that connection where I said like, you know, certain artists, uh, representatives, and they'll always ask me like, hey, you know, what do you think? of? We'll always conversate about certain people and stuff like that. So if I feel somebody is great enough or talented enough or I'll show them to them and then they, they, they'll make the decision. But I do try to put people on. They might not even know it, that it's me doing it. And I'm okay with that. That's so cool, though. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. The fact that you're giving them that kind of extending that olive branch to mm-hmm. them because so many people just need to be noticed or heard. Right. They have so many talents to them, or they may have one really good talent that yes. just nobody's paying attention right. to, or they're not in the right place. Mm-hmm. They live in a fucking tree. Yeah. You know, they don't come out of their yeah. house. Yes. That's me. Uh-huh. But there's this one guy. He's on TikTok. I've always seen him on TikTok. His name's Harry Mack. And he freestyles. Like no one I've ever seen is a white guy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he he's like a a Disney version of Eminem. Okay. But he's that good. Yeah. He's, he can freestyle. I've seen him freestyle for seven minutes straight. Mm-hmm. And just, just in a group of people, just pulling shit from people's wardrobe, their look, yeah. what they're holding, uh-huh. you know, yeah. the environment. Uh-huh. He's so good. He never, ever stutters. Skips never a beat, skips nothing. a beat. Uh-huh. How did that come out of that guy Mm -hmm. he just that could have been a track right could have been a track Mm -hmm. but there are so many people that are so good at what they do Mm -hmm. not just being a freestyle artist or an artist in general but they're just not exposed to the right people Mm -hmm. they're not exposed in the right environment Mm -hmm. to be able to have a a handle or get a leg up on things or level up or evolve and that's why that saying comes into play you you know it's all who you know Mm -hmm. because if you know the right person it kind of is they can shift you years in the future. Oh yeah, it know? kind of is. But that's why it is important to, if you are living in a tree or living in, you know, somewhere where you're not going to be that exposed, you need to go out to those areas. Because trust me, even though you're that great, people are not going to come towards you. You have to go out there and try to meet people, try to uh, mingle with people. And I don't want to say fake it till you make it because that's not faking it. If you have that talent, you're not faking it. You know what I mean? Um, But just go and try to meet as many people as you can because honestly, that does have a big uh, play in it. Who you know. Not what you know, but who you know. Yeah. That has a, it really does. Not just in this industry, but in in any, any field, you know, that you go into. And I would just recommend for them to go out there and find similar people that are working towards the same goal and just network, network with as many people as you can go out to Los Angeles, find out where the parties are going at, uh, find out who's going to be there, you know, because you just never know. There's so many parties going on, so many different, different events. And if you mingle with the right people, it's guaranteed that they're going to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody that's going to put you on. Yeah. When you are around all these artists, like you were around cube the other, the other Mm -hmm. weekend, and then everybody that comes along with that, you yep. know, when you have them in, in studio, is there ever a time that you're starstruck or kind of like, not almost say intimidated, but yeah. intimidated. Uh-huh. And then, and do you ever see that? Because you see them in movies, you yes. see them on TV and you're uh-huh. like, I thought you were fucking taller. <laughs> you know what? I get starstruck super duper easily. Like even if they tell me like, oh my God, that's the girl from that car commercial. You know, flow from progressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That did it for me. It's like, oh my God, flow from progressive is here. Oh my God. And it doesn't matter who it is, how small the role is. I, I'm starstruck. I'm I get very starstruck super easily. Um, 
And uh, what was the second part of the question? <laughs> uh, well, what was it? Well, it was just, would you get intimidated around these Do I people? get intimidated? And do you think uh, they're, oh yeah, do you think they were, like, I, I thought you were taller or maybe better looking yeah, in real life. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, let me see. I don't really get intimidated, no, but I do get starstruck. Uh, and there has been different artists where I've had an idea of what or who they were in my mind. Like just on a, not an artist level like them on stage, but just off stage how they, how they spoke to people and stuff like that. And it's just like, oh my God, that person's not really who I, how I thought they were like, oh, I was a fan, but not, I'm not anymore. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I did a podcast with a guy, I don't want to out his name, but he was a, he was one of these celebritized guys yes. and lots of fucking followers on Instagram. And if I said his name, most people that are tuning in the podcast would probably know who he was, but yeah. I don't want, I don't want to put this bad juju out for him. So, yeah. but I thought my impression of who he was. We did the podcast and it was, he was very fucking patronizing, mm-hmm. very kind of condescending. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. bro, if we were not on this fucking mic right now and you and I were talking off mic, this would go completely different. This mm-hmm. dialogue between mm-hmm. you and I mm-hmm. would go completely different. But I knew that, and maybe this has happened to you too. I knew that if I, I knew I had full capabilities to throw the podcast Mm -hmm. if i had said something if i had countered him and contended with him like i wanted to i knew i couldn't use that podcast anymore yeah i knew if i said hey bro we're done yeah i knew i wouldn't be able to use that podcast Mm -hmm. and that would suck Mm -hmm. right because Mm -hmm. building the podcast if you're not a celebrity if Mm -hmm. you're not known Mm -hmm. you have to make yourself known you have to become relevant yes well that takes years and years and years lots of practice it takes lots of episodes takes lots of people Mm -hmm. takes lots of names to build the relevancy Mm -hmm. right so one down i'm one less Mm -hmm. and so i can't have that so Mm -hmm. i just for the betterment of the list for the listenership the podcast i had to keep going i had to steer away from certain things that i would have otherwise wanted to entertain Uh and bring to the forefront but yeah, that guy just was like, I just in my head and not like, fuck you, but just like, I didn't think you were like this, bro, but uh-huh. I could see how you are like yeah. this, you know? Uh-huh. And now I don't consume his content. Mm-hmm. Like even on the light end, yeah. I'm just like, mm, nah, you know yeah. what I mean? I, I am the same way. There was a celebrity that I don't want to uh, name because they don't deserve. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, The recognition or anything like that. But uh, when this person was being interviewed it it was great it was one person where it was just like oh that's who i see on tv that's why you know the way that they portray themselves off air when the cameras and the microphones were off it was a different story and it was just like this person had to get kicked out of out of really? the studio. oh yeah it was uh uh-huh. and it it was it was just like oh my god it was so insulting it was just was basically, disrespectful? very disrespectful. Um, they basically like came on to me like, oh, you're going to be one of my groupies kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and it's like, ah, yeah, I don't see you like that. Like, I'm not attracted to you like that. And once they got that hint that I was turning them down. Yeah. It's like, what'd you say to me? And it's like, I don't know if they're just not used to people telling them no. They're not. Yeah. And it got to the point where this person got super aggressive, like almost physical that we had to get them removed and they're no longer allowed at our studio. Oh, but no. uh, yeah, and that was like, wow, I really admired that person. Like I was a fan. And after that, I have encountered this person, I think I want to say maybe twice at an award show or something like that. 
And they knew very clearly who I was because, I mean, it's embarrassing getting kicked out of a radio station with your whole entourage and everybody asking like, what's going on? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. Like what happened in there? And yeah, but it was one of those situations. And um, other than that, besides Kanye, (laughs) but yeah. uh Uh-huh. Besides Kanye. Besides Kanye, yeah. Uh-huh. What do you mean? Uh, well, I had the opportunity to uh, go to a few of his listening uh, party events. And uh, I just, I mean, with everything that's going on with Kanye and stuff, I had a different perception of who he was. And uh, I'm a huge fan of his music. He's one of my favorite artists musically. I feel like he's a musical genius. Outside of that, I have a different perception of him. After being around him when the cameras are off, when there's nothing around, I just saw him completely different as well, too. Interesting. Well, the thing is that when people have that level of power, Mm -hmm. they start to believe that they're just above anybody, any human being, and they can have whatever they like because never they're told no. Mm -hmm. And so even though... Nobody on earth can do that to every, nobody has control over everybody. And it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. George Clooney, mm-hmm. like one of the best looking individuals on the planet. Right. You can't, you can't enforce that power mm-hmm. position on everybody mm-hmm. because certain people just don't want anything to do with right. you, no matter uh-huh. who you are, or what right. you have. Yeah. And so they're not used to be, and then if you add into the pot, they're a narcissist. Oh yeah. Well then they, yeah. you have, now you kind of, what's that injury to narcissist or narcissist injury when uh-huh. you told him like, Hey man, you bruised I'm, not, his ego. I'm not with you. Yeah. yeah. You bruised it. And, and I'm not, I'm a nobody to them. It's like, Oh, you just learned my name. Like I'm a nobody, you know, for a nobody to say no to you. It kind of hurts. Sure. I would say even more because it's like, who the fuck Sandy danger? Who the fuck are you? And you just said no to me. So like that's like, dang. Easily have had you. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem with getting fame. That's the one problem I see is with getting famous. When you get fame, you get so much clout, you have so much money, you have so much quote unquote power with people because now people are malleable to you in ways that they weren't prior. Mm -hmm. Like they'll bend to you because of who you are. They'll bend to you because of your name, your, your clout status, et cetera. And people can abuse that. Mm -hmm. And they only abuse it because they don't know what to do with it or <clears throat> because they think that that's the thing to do when you're in that position. That's what yeah. you do when I'm in this position. I've earned this position. This yes, is what I'm able to do. They feel like they earned it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So whenever you, uh, like I said, don't give them their way or uh, ignore them or say no to them, it's like, what? Like they, they kind of like didn't hear you. Like, what? Really? For real? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you have to have standards though. You have mm-hmm. to have standards. And the thing is when, even if you have a male or even a female that mm-hmm. is looking into you, like they're interested in you or attracted to you, or they want like this guy, he wanted you to be his a groupie. Like what kind right. of fucking title is that, bro? Yeah. And Why the groupie was not the name, but. Oh, <laughs> what did he, can you tell, can you just. Yeah. What okay. What he okay. Say? He basically wanted a sexual favor. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yes. And he came right out and said Yes, it. just came out right and said it like, hey, I want this. And it's like, what? Like, what? And were you offended by that? I was taken insulted? back. I was taken back because I didn't know if they were being serious or joking around because we had been joking around the whole time. Just messing around. And then um, they came up to me when I was by myself and they're like, hey, I want this. And I was like, cool. 
And they're like, no, from you. And it's like, no, that's not going to happen. Like, no. And uh, kind of like me saying no, it's like, did you really just say no, no to me? And it, they, I could see it in their eyes that they were going to become like aggressive or like that was like, how can you say no to me? You know? And yeah. that's when the manager and everybody had to step in. And I was like, I don't feel safe right now. I really don't feel safe. Oh, shit. And it's like, dude, I was a fan. I was a fan. And I just felt like, like I said, I got starstruck super easily. And it's like I had all of these butterflies like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I'm meeting you. I listen to your music, blah, 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 whatever. And then for them to come out and say something like that, it was just like, wow, I you basically shattered the image of who I thought you were. But I'm kind of glad that I got to see the side of you. Well, that's good on you to mm. give him that dose of reality. Yeah, because even though it might not happen occasionally or it might happen frequent to him, the fact that it happened one time, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't happen ever, the fact right. that it happened with you mm-hmm. gives him an understanding that all women are not the same. Right. That all women will not just submit to what you want mm-hmm. just because of the status mm-hmm. you have, the position that you're in. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's tough though because a lot of women, you've seen this. Oh, yeah. They're mm-hmm. groupies. Oh, yeah. And they mm-hmm. just, even if you're a local rapper, mm-hmm. local rappers <laughs> have groupies. Yes, they do. The moment you hit that stage. Oh, yeah. And you're uh-huh. five feet above everybody else. Yeah. You're like a god to them. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Even mm-hmm. if you're on the local level. Yeah. But when you walk down those stairs and your average height mm-hmm. to everybody else, mm-hmm. you look different. Right? And that's the way that I saw this particular person. It's because like after they spoke and said all of those things that just kind of was like a turnoff, like what the fuck are you doing? That's the way I saw them. I saw them as an average Joe. I saw them not even as the same level as myself. I saw them like, okay, you're at my place of work talking shit to me like this. Who the fuck do you think you are? I'm not just, oh, Sandy Danger, she's nobody. I felt like I was like, we switched roles at this point. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of my job right now. Oh, you're going to kick me out? That's what you said? Yeah. Uh-huh. So then when the interview ended, you just go back to normal play after that? Um, with the well, this interview was, uh, it was done um, in advance. So it was recorded and it was going to be played the next day. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it was done in advance, like after hours and, and stuff. So Do you normally mm-hmm. interview that way? Um, it depends. It depends on the artist's schedule. Sometimes they have time in the morning and I love doing uh, live interviews because it's yeah. kind of like, it's that, uh, adrenaline feeling where it's like, oh shit, I can't, I have to be careful with what I'm going to say. So it's kind of like, it's just whatever's up here right now. Yeah. And if it's pre-recorded or whatever, you have time to think and like, oh, can you, can you go back to that? Let me say it this way. And it's more natural, like when it's live than in there, but it just depends on their schedule because they're the artist. And we're going to, you know, it's, it depends on them. I love the live interview shit. Yeah. I love the live in general because everything's authentic. Yes. And even if you fuck up, it's like, you can't take that back. Exactly. You know? Uh-huh. It's and just- it, sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's very cringe, but that's live radio. That's what it is. You know, you're going to get a little bit of variety of all of that. But you get better the more you do it. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure that when you first went on air, mm-hmm. I actually remember thinking this back when we were training and we were, you were talking to me about. Because you were just getting on air, I think, back then. I was, I think, on. I had uh, stopped doing Spanish radio and I was working at the beat as, like, mm, a street teamer, which is basically somebody that goes out with uh, the talent and just kind of, like, sets up. Kind of like a behind-the-scenes person. And you were... But then you got on radio when Mm -hmm. Nikki left, correct? Yes, correct. Uh And I remember... You telling me like there's, or no, I not, not you telling me. I remember thinking this on my own. I remember thinking, 
man, I bet you she just rattled inside as she drives to the studio knowing that all these, at least I would be Mm -hmm. like almost not butterflies, but anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just, what am I going to say? What Mm -hmm. am I, how am I, how am I going to talk? How am I going to articulate my words? Well, am I going to fucking fumble this on the third? And I remember thinking to myself, I could never do that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm doing this fucking podcast now and have been for years. Now I don't, the only difference is I don't know who's viewing. I don't pay attention to metrics. Mm -hmm. I just do the podcast, put them on the platforms. That's it. Don't check. In fact, my, my sound tech or my sound guru, whatever you want to call him, the guy that does all the metrics for me, all the, and all the background stuff for the podcast, he knows the analytics, but I tell him, don't tell me okay? because I just want to do this uh-huh. and not focus on any accolades or any critiques. Do you feel like that would affect the way that you, your, your performance? I guess maybe intermittently it wouldn't like mm-hmm. as I'm having the dialogue with a person because mm-hmm. I'm immersed in our dialogue, Yeah, <clears throat> but like I'm not thinking, mm-hmm. but aftermath and what I go to bed and when I wake up, I'm going to be thinking about those metrics. And I don't, with everything else that consumes me in my daily life, yeah. from my business to my family to all the little minuscule shit I have to do, background for the business, for the podcast, the other podcasts that I just started, mm-hmm. all these things are just, there's a, it's a lot and I don't want to keep up with not only commentary, but metrics, mm-hmm. like how we're doing. Right. I'd rather not know. All yeah. I know is we're growing and mm-hmm. that's all that matters. When yeah. he tells me. Oh, dude, you're overseas now. Oh, dude, you're in Canada, Europe. There's your, you've sparked more uh, listenership in Maine, whatever. Yes. Like yes. not Maine, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can't think of a fucking state right now. A non-California state. Non-California state. It's just like California. Like if this is the map, it's like California is there. And I, who can name the other states? No. I'm so not good Sorry. at geography. It's California and everybody else. That's it. <laughs> That's exactly. That's it. So I'd rather not know. I'd rather just put my head down and work yep. and just distribute. And that's no different than how I am training. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean training people. I mean training with my own training, yep. my own bodybuilding, quote unquote. I just put my head down and just work out, man. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't pose in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I don't, even though I've been a competitive bodybuilder and I have the fucking jurisdiction to be able to pose in the mirror. Right. I just don't because mm-hmm. it's not who I am. I just mm-hmm. want to do the fucking work. Mm-hmm. I just immerse myself in the work and I don't pay attention to what the abstract it's is. It's the journey. It's, it's the, journey. the journey more than the destination. Absolutely. Yeah. But most people are concerned about the destination. Yes. I, I, I agree with everything you just said. Same thing. Like I'm not, whenever I'm on the radio, it's not like, oh my God, hundred thousand people are listening, whatever. No. But like I said, the time when I do, it's like so-and-so and so-and-so is listening. It's like, that's when I start to like become self-conscious. But if I, I try to like not even look at my phone or anything when I'm on the radio, because if anybody texts me, Hey, we're on our way to Disneyland listening in the car. And it's like, oh my God, they're listening right now. <sighs> okay. It'll fuck you up a little bit. Yes, it will. Uh-huh. And like I said, I already know because it's like, oh, it's Sandy Danger. Like, no. So I start to think like that. But when it's, whenever I don't look at my phone or anything like that, it's just me and Louie and we're just talking like, like me and you are right now. Like, yeah, you know, but there's a different, there's a small difference. I'm sure when you get uh-huh. off mic. Yeah that your your alerts are somewhat up when yes. you're on mic. Oh yeah. When you're off mic, even though it's very uh-huh. genuine, yes. it's still alerts are up. Oh yeah. There are certain You sensors. kind of take like a breather like Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Like I, after we're done with I can guarantee you after we we slide the mics away, I hit stop. Uh-huh. 
we're going to talk just a little different. Yeah. Not oh, yeah. crazy different, uh-huh. but just a little bit. It's because there is that awareness. It's like, oh, shit, you know, somebody's listening in. Somebody's watching this, you know, and like you said, you have to have thick skin. You have to be prepared, prepared for criticism no matter what. And not everybody's ready for that kind of thing. And you just have to not care. It's the truth. You just have to not care. That's the truth. And that's the reason why I don't check metrics yeah. or exactly uh-huh. because even mm-hmm. if they're good, yeah. there's going to be one that's not good Yes, because I know that I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea yeah. and I know they're going to be negative shit. Yeah. Yes. I have, I give myself <laughs> enough negative commentary, uh-huh. dude. Uh-huh. I don't want yours. It's like how they say there could be 99 great comments and somebody could be like, your shoes are so ugly. And then that one comment yeah. out of a hundred comments could ruin your day. So yeah. you have to not let any of that. You have to kind of like talk to yourself and be like, that's one comment. Look at these hundred comments. And who the fuck is that person? Yeah. Who are they? Who are they? Well, it's like you did with the whole thing when you stutter or mm-hmm. you fumble a word. Mm-hmm. You got to put yourself in the listener's shoes. Yeah. They're not listening to that. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, they they heard it and they might have, it might have sensed like a, an antenna to go up in their head. Like, yeah. oh, that was fucking, why'd they say that? But then they're moved on. Yes. You know, and you yeah. know that. They moved on. You need to move on, mm-hmm. you know, but you can't immerse yourself in the comment. What I'm saying is don't even look at it. Mm-hmm. Don't even. Mm-hmm. And I remember I said that to the guy that I, that oh I just talked about gosh. on the podcast. He uh-huh. said, with what doesn't get managed, doesn't get monetized. And I said, hmm, like in my head, I'm thinking that's a nice cliche. That's a nice like platitude to live yes. by. Yeah. But that doesn't apply to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think there's massive honor and rather how would I say drive towards not paying attention and just doing the thing that you have absolute meaning in, whether that's the pursuit, the journey that you're in, et cetera, not paying attention to the sidelines, Mm -hmm. just focusing head on horse blinders. Exactly. And the thing is that what's on the side are the people, the comments, the likes, the dislikes, et cetera. If you immerse yourself in that and you get too wound up Mm -hmm. with that, Mm -hmm. well, that'll become you because Mm -hmm. you're a human Mm -hmm. and you care about what people think to some degree. So you're going to think, that person thinks that, and that might come up to you when you're brushing your fucking teeth, you're taking a shower, or you're going to bed, mm-hmm. and you're like, that's that thought's going to live in you to some degree for mm-hmm. some time. It's going to gain residency for some period of time. And I, what I'm saying is omit yourself of that 100% mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. absolve yourself of that 100% and just stay true to the pursuit. And that means mm-hmm. exiling everything away from that particular journey or that particular pursuit. Yes. But we're human and because we're human, we want to look at that shit. Uh-huh. We want to see the drama, mm-hmm. even if we don't, like we, we, we kind of want to, but then we, we, we kick ourselves when we do. But I feel like in order for you to have like great goals, like grander uh, goals in, in life, you have to be ready for all that. Like I said, you have to have thick skin. You have to tell yourself not everybody's going to like you. It doesn't matter if you're the president of the United States. It doesn't matter if you're J-Lo. It doesn't matter if you're the number one artist in the country. People are going to criticize you. So if you think like, okay, if they're being criticized, but they got to where they're at, why can't I? And you can't let those little things, you know, get to you because if not, you're letting those things hold you back. People are going to talk shit no matter what. So let them, let them. Yeah. People talk shit even when you're, People only talk shit when you're good and they mm-hmm. can sense you're good mm-hmm. or they talk shit when you're lukewarm. Mm-hmm. You know, when you don't really stand for anything. Right. 
they talk shit. So yeah. you can't win either way. Mm-hmm. You might as well go out believing, you know, doing something you believe in, mm-hmm. doing something that you define that actually defines who you are, defines your identity. Because otherwise, I mean, the thing is, you're gonna get you're gonna get knocked no matter what. So yeah. it might as well be something that you're willing to die for, that exactly. you stand for, yes. etc. Uh huh. Exactly. So Peter, people are going to criticize you no matter what you do. Like you said, you know, if you're a janitor, if you're this, if you're that. So why not do something you really like because they're going to criticize you no matter what? Who cares? Do it. Yeah. And who are they? You know, the right people are going to be listening. The right people are going to come to you. So who are these other people? Who cares? Here's what I found to help a lot. Mm-hmm. I got to reposition myself. Is this drugs? What is? You said, I know something that's going to help out a lot. Oh, this is what I do. Yeah, oh, this, this oh, oh okay. Help. I Drugs help too, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were going to bust out one of these right now. I was like, wait a minute. It's getting excited in here. <laughs> you have to just, sometimes, you don't have to, I shouldn't say that. Uh-huh. You talk shit back. When people say these things to you, uh-huh. if you, if you entertain it, mm-hmm. Talk shit back in a comedial, like in, in yes. poor, sort of like a comical way. Like, Absolutely. You know, because they're not expecting that. They're expecting to jab you and you to just take it and be stunned by it. Mm-hmm. But when you come back, you fire back with something mm-hmm. that has some sort of uh, comedic value to it. Yes. I think they're not expecting that. No, oh, of course not. They're and I love doing hurt. that. I love doing that because um, I love to, ar- I know this, I love to argue with strangers under like celebrity comments because it's funny to me. I don't care for it or anything. Like it's just something <laughs> I like to do. It's fun. I don't know. It's fun. But uh, I noticed that like if somebody who's tries to like come at me, uh, trying to attack my physical or something like that, something that has nothing to do with the conversation and I'll come back with something funny like, oh, you're fat. And it's like, thanks. My, uh, you know, I was fed really well and I like to whatever. It's like, what are they going to tell you at that nothing, point? Right. Nothing. They can't say anything. They can't say anything. Well, and you know that when they're attacking your physical nature, uh-huh. they have nothing. Exactly. Exactly. When it comes out of like a topic that has nothing to do with what you're talking about. Well, at least my mom's not this. or And it's like, what? Like, where where's that coming from? You obviously have nothing else to say. But like whatever it is that they're throwing at you, uh, even sometimes when it comes to political situations or whatever, you know, they'll, they'll throw something out there. Or whatever. Like, I've been called an illegal before. Like, I don't care. Wait, what? I've been called an illegal. What's Like, that? an illegal, like an illegal, illegal immigrant. Oh, okay. And it's like, just, you know, like little things like that. And they expect me to come back with something like, no, I'm a resident, blah, 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 blah. Or something like that. And I'll just make a joke out of what they just said. And it's like, yeah, they have nothing to come back with. Well, also, when you're confident with who you are. Yeah, you got to be confident and just kind of like take it off. Like, I take it as a joke, like, and I'll make it into the the response I give out is not something that it's offending them, but it's just like I'm making a joke of what they just said. So it's like, what are they going to respond to that? Yeah. Well, you're that person that you have that strong wit. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things I said in the beginning. I really like about you and I admire about you because that not only helps conversation to be interesting Uh and entertaining. Yeah. But you can combat yourself mm-hmm. when it comes to something like when it comes to a, a, a person yeah. like that. that yes. Just talk shit to you and you can and they're not expecting it. Like even they're the not. Com- they're not because they sometimes they tell me like I have a resting bitch face. Like when I was called an illegal. It was here in, in, in AG actually. And uh, 
they probably thought like I was going to say something mean or derogatory and you better not say anything. My kids are here. And I like made it. I can't remember what it was, but it made it into a joke. And they were just kind of like staring at me. And I'm like, you have nothing to say, ma'am. Have a great day. Have a great day. Have yeah, a great yeah. day. And I really like those shoes. Have a great day, ma'am. Oh, that's and another one. You when know, you say it's a compliment. Like, yeah. Like what was she going to say after that? She kind of just like stood there like, ah. Because she was ready to attack me, you know, say something. I want to say something back to you. And I didn't give her that pleasure to say something, you know, back to me after that. So she was just kind of like, ah. that's a that's what we all should do. We yeah. all should either say something back that's comedic uh-huh. to some degree or just not saying anything or at not all. entertain it. Correct. You yeah. have to pick your battles as well, too. You know, you do have to pick your battles. And if it's something that it's not worth entertaining, just ignore it. Go on with your day. Because what they want ultimately is a response. They want to see you get flustered. They want to see you lose your temper. So that way they could justify what they're about to do to you. Mm. And if you don't give them that satisfaction, they're going to be like, fuck, that didn't work. Yeah. Like even the thing you did with that guy in the Mm -hmm. studio when you said, you know, for the people that are listening only, when you said, when the guy asked you for the favor Mm -hmm. and you said, you put two thumbs up and you said, great Mm -hmm. that right there Mm -hmm. is kind of a jab Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i was like yeah me too but not from you (laughs) you know and it was just kind of like oh dang but that's a way to be like you Uh didn't you didn't you weren't stunned by i mean you were i'm sure but you weren't like how do i respond to that it was probably quick right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the the initial response was quick and he wasn't expecting that but that was a way out of it Mm -hmm. you know and it was a way to diffuse Mm -hmm. diffuse the situation so that happens often in bars where mm-hmm. people try to pick on you, try to talk. That happens to me all the fucking time because I'm this fucking white guy in this fucking predominantly Hispanic bar, right? Like mm-hmm. if I go to fucking Jocko's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. There's really? not many white guys in there. Uh-huh. And Nipos uh-huh. sometimes likes to fuck hey, with me, dude. What? Yeah, dude. Dude, I run that town. Let me know. The, write down the names. I got you. <laughs> so what ha- one time, here's a quick story. One time, Woo! this this... He was white, but he was Mexican. Okay. You know, was white, Mex- yeah, 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 yeah. And he, I was, I sit at the same section on the bar on the yeah. corner when yeah. I have, and I go there and I have my cheat meal. It's like yeah. steak, potato, uh-huh. fucking bread, all that. I love Jocko's. Mm-hmm. I go there routinely every week on Friday. Yeah. I shouldn't have said the fucking day. <laughs> Fuck. So I'm sitting there. He drives a red car. He always parks it in the same place. And he has a lot of money in his pocket at that time. (laughs) And he has no security guards, no nothing with him, no weapons, you know? (laughs) Come get me. Fuck. Yeah. So I'm at the same corner of the bar. It's when you walk in and it's to the left, that corner right there. Okay. And I sit there because one of my best friends, she bartends there. And so she serves me and we just banter back and forth. Is it Cody? No, uh, Lacey. Ah, okay. And so I, I just sit there and eat and I just, I really just look at the TV. If there's nobody like next to me that I know well enough to yeah. talk to, like uh-huh. I just like mind my own shit. Yeah, and yeah, I talk, yeah. Look at the TV and, uh, or talk shit to Lacey. And then one time, one time there's this guy, this, this light Hispanic guy yeah. and he's sitting there and he's, he's like rug. His motherfucker maybe, maybe just got out of prison. Okay. I don't know. Okay. He was amped up uh-huh. like he was. Okay. Wife beater. Yes. Fucking. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally stereotyping right now, by the way, but he's at 
he's maybe a, a seat down from me with another guy next to him that is younger than him mm-hmm. and I and I'm looking at the TV and all this and I know out of my peripheral I know he's engaging with me but I'm yes. purposely not because I can tell uh-huh. he's instigating something okay. yeah. so I'm like if I just don't pay attention to him he's gonna lose focus on me mm-hmm. direct it somewhere else mm-hmm. nope so he says to me not well to me but I'm meanwhile I'm looking and I'm looking if I look his direction I'm looking past him I'm not looking at him I Mm -hmm. never make eye contact Mm -hmm. with him because I don't want to entertain anything yeah Yeah. so at one point he says hey what's up man like what's up bro and I know he's talking to me yes but I know that he could also be talking to his partner next to him so and I know that he can probably make that distinction like well maybe he thinks I'm talking to this guy next to me Mm mm-hmm he didn't think that way. Mm-hmm. He thought I heard him, even though I wasn't looking in his direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He thought I heard him and I b- deliberately disrespected him okay. by not turning his direction and then engaging in conversation. Yes. So now is where all the things start to transpire. I start to feel and hear him get more aggro. Then he does this thing. And for people that are just listening, I'm going to just illustrate it verbally. He puts his hands up and points to me and yells to the people on the other side of the bar, Hey, Nipas. And he points to me and I'm like, fuck, we have an issue now. So now I have to defuse this guy. Mm -hmm. Well, I know I'm not going to win a fight against four fucking Neepsters. Mm -hmm. So I just... Now I have to direct my attention to him. Mm-hmm. And I go, <sighs> I turn and I say, <laughs> I say, hey, what's up, man? Uh-huh. And he's all, what's up? Very aggro. Yes, yes. And I'm like, what's up? And I'm very soft tone. Right. Uh-huh. And he's all, and he's looking at me. He's trying to dissect me with his eyes. Yeah. But he's also belligerent. Mm. So it's probably not going well upstairs mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. So I say to him, I look away and then I look back very quickly and I say, hey, were you saying what's up to me? And he's all, yeah, man, what, you're on your fucking phone, man. What's up? Mm-hmm. Like, and so I say, hey, man, I didn't mean any disrespect by it. I didn't know you were talking to me. I thought mm-hmm. you might have been talking to this guy. Yeah. And he's all... It's all good. And he fucking, and by this time now, Napomo mm-hmm. is coming around the other bend of the bar okay. to confront me. Yes. Well, I ended up knowing one of the guys because uh-huh. he frequented the same barber shop that, mm-hmm. him, that I would go to. Yes. He's all, what's up, man? And I, <laughs> I dapped him and yeah. he's all, what's going on? And, uh-huh. I, and then this guy said, and then the guy that was trying to get my attention in the yes. first place, the light Hispanic male, uh-huh. he was like, it's all good, man. We're we're good, but it and there was it wasn't that we were good. Mm-hmm. He just now knew that I wasn't trying to disrespect him mm-hmm. because that was the whole thing, which makes mm-hmm. me think he might have just been fresh out because mm-hmm. they're very big on respect. Mm-hmm. They don't and they don't conceptualize the fact that maybe I didn't hear him, right? Or maybe I thought he was directing his attention to somebody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. So. When I diffused that part and used that word, disrespect, wasn't mm-hmm. trying to disrespect you yeah. or that phrase that she said, mm-hmm. everything was okay. Yeah. But it still wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. Even though it diffused that part, 
Nipos went the other direction yeah. when they realized nothing was of harm. Yeah. And then, but I could still feel him, his energy high as yes. fuck. Yes. And he wasn't done. Uh-huh. He was still fucking fermenting on this. So I later made, when I say later, I mean like a minute, 37 seconds later, I hear him talk about fighting. And he starts he starts making those hand gestures, like putting his hands together, like fighting somebody. Uh-huh. And I know this is about me again. Mm-hmm. So then I direct my attention again to him and I say, Hey, yeah, man, I just, I want to, I want to say that I didn't mean to respect you again. I mm-hmm. mean, and, and then I direct my attention to this, the other guy and start to befriend him mm-hmm. because I know that he might have something to do with his, uh, energy. Yes. I don't know uh-huh. in terms of like instigating or, mm-hmm. or diffusing. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, man, um, and I start sparking up conversation with him. He can, I now see him analyze me further mm-hmm. whilst having other conversation with this other guy. Mm-hmm. And he can generally realize that I'm not a threat now mm-hmm. because I, he can see the way I'm interacting with this guy, right. how I'm behaving, mm-hmm. my gestures, my yeah. eye language, my yes. mannerisms. Uh-huh. He knows it's not a threat. Like now. you kind of dropped your guard kind of thing and you're, you're yes. just being cool with Yes. Your homie or whatever. Yeah. You said drop the guard. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Now mm-hmm. it allowed him to drop his guard. Yes. So now he wasn't as aggro. Mm-hmm. But if we were going on a percentage basis, he started out at 100. After Nipos left, he's about 65. Mm-hmm. He's now at about a 35. He's still there to some yes. degree. He hasn't, even though right. we've dapped, uh-huh. we've said it's cool, mm-hmm. still not cool. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, Five, 10 minutes goes by and he starts and I can still sense with some of the language he's saying that he's kind of still into it. But then the, where it shifted is when he starts talking about his, how he's a mechanic and I start engaging with him about his mechanic Mm -hmm. life, Mm -hmm. taking an interest in, even though I don't give a fuck. Right. But he now thinks that I care. Yes. And I'm engaging with him about what he likes to do and shit. And that made it squash entirely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we're like kind of buddy, Buddies. buddy, even though we're not. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, I'm just thinking, I got you to do what I wanted you to do. Uh-huh. You didn't get to do what you wanted right. to do. Yes. Because I'm fucking smarter than you. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's it. But, and also, I just didn't feel like getting my, I didn't feel like getting fucked right, up. I didn't right. feel like getting my clothes dirty. Uh-huh, I don't uh-huh. want to get in a fucking fight, dude. Right, I no, want to have course. dinner. Uh-huh. I want to leave. I'm not a fighter. Yeah. Like, I only want to fight if I have to. Yeah. And how many times in life do you have to fucking fight? Mm-hmm. Like, this would have been recreational fighting. Yes. Not When somebody it. asks, like, why'd you guys fight? I'd be like, I don't, I don't, I genuinely don't know why we fought. Yeah. Like, how would you explain that to somebody? Why'd you guys fight? What was this about? I don't know. He said, what's up to me? And I didn't, I didn't hear him. I thought he was talking to somebody else. Like that just sounds like stupid, you know, like a reason to fight. But you said, you know, you got him to do what you wanted and it worked out. People like that though look mm -hmm. for fights. Oh yeah, absolutely. And they go to bars looking for fights. Absolutely. And Uh I think that if I was at like Louis B's Uh in Santa Maria, I would have not felt the same comfortability Uh because I don't know anybody there Mm -hmm. and I don't know the gangs there Mm -hmm. and I would have been in trouble. Mm -hmm. Like I would have been thinking, all right, I don't think I can get myself out of this verbally. I'm going to have to probably fight and get fucked up as a result Mm -hmm. because yeah. And then you're going to encounter those type of people, you know, so 
Yeah. That's a bummer though. Mm -hmm. Because it absolutely is. People should just leave. Like there is no reason for this guy to talk to me Mm -hmm. other than he just didn't like the way I looked. Mm Mm-hmm. He just didn't like the way mm-hmm. I looked, man. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. like what else? What else could it have? Well, you been? look like a Barbie, dude. Like, look at yourself, Justin. Come on, dude. Like, you're a pretty boy. You know, if there's a pretty boy at the bar and I just come out of jail and stuff, I would feel as an alpha male, I would feel like, dang, there's another alpha male. There could only be one alpha male in this place. And if he's a cholo and he's nipas and there's other nipas gangsters, he might think in his mind like. Dude, there's another guy that's better looking than me or whatever it is. And maybe that might be, I don't know if that was going through his head, but that's just the way that I'm processing it. It's like, okay, I feel like this guy might be a threat. Why didn't he do that to anybody else? Because he knew that he couldn't take anybody else probably. Uh He knew he thought he could take me, which is the reason why I think he preyed on me. And you're right. He maybe had thought... Who does this guy think he is? Even exactly. Though I don't think I'm nobody. You're talking to the bartender like if you guys are best friends and that's yeah. his spot and you're sitting at the bar like you own the place looking, you know, beautiful. And it's like, who are you? Who are you to be at my place looking like that? Talking to the bartenders like you own this place. That's my job. Yeah, probably. So, you know, it could be like a threat because if not, if you didn't look the way you do, if you didn't act like the way that you did and stuff, he wouldn't be picking on you. What if I was a fucking fighter? Like, what uh-huh. if I was one of those UFC fighters? Right. Like, he didn't notice I had cauliflower ears. Yeah. And I was a I was a scrapper. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then he would have learned his lesson oh my that gosh. day. He, he would have learned, learned his lesson that day. Yeah. And then knowing, like, oh, you fought my boy Justin. You know, if that was his friend or whatever that are part of Nipas, he's going to feel even stupider. Like, oh, that's your boy? Yeah. Oh, Brian, no. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's just going to turn into, like, a bigger thing. So, if anything, I would feel like a compliment. Like, I do take those type of situations like that. You know, girls are catty. Yeah. And uh, I've taken situations like that. It's like, okay, they're picking on me for a reason. You know, why don't they pick on that ugly girl? Yeah, that and because you have a position of status mm-hmm. that they don't have. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that you do what you do, it raises some eyebrows with some women because yep. they think, oh, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, who does she think she is? They've right. never gotten to know you. They've mm-hmm. never talked to you. They've never. And then I have that bitch resting look face, you know? I don't think you do. But I've got that think... a lot. But I mean, we you, we know each other. So it's That's a little true. bit different. But if you didn't know me, like everybody that has that met me for the very first time, they all tell me the same thing. Like all my friends that are my best, best friends. At one point, they told me, I thought you were mean. Yeah. Well, you have a they, you may they maybe have a predisposed idea of what your persona is. Mm-hmm. And so they take that into before they even know you, before yeah. they even get to know you, they're yes. like, no, this is how she is. I've pegged her yeah. already. And right. that happens to me too. Uh-huh. People think they know me mm-hmm. because of what my persona is, either if they listen to me on the podcast yeah. or if, well, that's pretty much real. I shouldn't, that's, I am real on the podcast, yeah. but mm-hmm. if they have just seen me on Instagram in a picture or something mm-hmm. or a story that I post, mm-hmm. they think that they got me dialed in. Like, oh, that guy's out. conceited. That guy's, that guy's conceited. Yeah. He's fucking a narcissist. Yes. He's blah, blah, blah. Yes. You don't really understand the true meaning of narcissist mm-hmm. if you think that I'm an narcissist because there are people that are not good looking that are mm-hmm. narcissists yeah it, th- that's not the character trait to define a narcissist mm-hmm. you know and i love dogs and most mm-hmm. narcissists don't love dogs. exactly <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're right i mean people i dated will, a few. Oh, you did yeah people will judge people off rip that's fine we yes. all judge we uh-huh. all have to categorize people it's how our brains operate mm-hmm. right but because we have to be able to deem something 
threatening or not. Mm -hmm. So we automatically start people that say, I don't judge. You're fucking liar. Right. You're full of shit, man. Mm -hmm. And I know you judge the worst Mm -hmm. if you say you don't judge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying we all judge. It's Mm -hmm. a part of life. It's part Mm -hmm. of human detection within regards to other humans. We have to be able to realize if this word's threatening or not. So judging is not a bad thing, but then holding somebody to the judgment when they're not who, and not mm-hmm. giving them a chance or to, like discriminating yes. or whatever it is, you know, like, ah, oh, no, nah, that girl's a bitch or that guy's conceited. No, we're not going to get them for this. And it's like based off of what? Based off of what? We never had a conversation just off a picture or whatever it is like or one um, one time that you guys met or whatever. I don't know. It's just but you're right. Everybody does judge, but it does it. it Shouldn't be to the point where you start missing out opportunities or certain situations like that happen because they're judging you on that one specific time. And it's like they don't even know you. Well, people are going to miss out a lot with you because you have a, a lot to to be able to be of value to people when mm-hmm. it, just in conversation. Like I don't like hanging out with many people. Yeah. And I could for sure hang mm-hmm. out with you. Mm-hmm. Like you're one of those people where – you're just easy to get along with. But mm-hmm. when you, if somebody comes up to you or just sees you for who you are on the radio, yep. doesn't interact with you real time, mm-hmm. they're not going to, they're going to put up that wall. They're going to be like, nah, I don't like the way she looks or mm-hmm. I don't like the way that mm-hmm. she talks or whatever. But when that person's actually interacting with you personally, it's a different mm-hmm. story. Right. And you're just, like I said, I, I, I said in the beginning, you're just one of those people that, you like to talk to because mm-hmm. there's something that's it's like a surprise when you talk to you because of your wit and how actually strong it is. You you'll say things differently than I would have ever thought of saying or thought of in general. It's like how comedians are really good. Comedians say things that you think and they say them in ways that you didn't think of, but yeah. that's true. <laughs> and you're like, fuck man, I relate to that. It's yeah, so true. Yeah, uh-huh. But that's a part of being witty. Uh-huh. And that's and you have you really could be a comedian. Like if you wanted to, if you wanted to practice that talent uh-huh. or the wit you have, you could really turn that into something of comedic value. Like you really, really Thank could. Because you. you're Thank one you. of those people that can also make fun of yourself. Mm-hmm. And not many women can do that. Mm-hmm. I've only known one other person in my life that can make fun of themselves mm-hmm. and still remain confident mm-hmm. and have the same posture at the end of the day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Most women, because most women, I mean, most people in general are insecure as fuck, man. Mm-hmm. I'm insecure. All of our insecurities. Right. Uh-huh. And the and the more prettier you are, the more beautiful you are, how society perceives you, the worse it is, mm-hmm. the more insecure mm-hmm. it is, because mm-hmm. you're likely comparing yourself to everybody. Mm-hmm. And you want to be, if you are given accolades very frequently in your life, you mm-hmm. want to you want to continually hold that title at the top. So anybody that like you compare yourself to that might be in running with you, mm-hmm. you're like, no, got to be better than them. Mm-hmm. Got to do this. Got to, or, and then that becomes, that develops insecurities within you because yes. you may not have what uh-huh. that person has, but you try to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And then it just, you start to highlight things that you don't have instead mm-hmm. of doubling down on the things that make you who you are and just riding the coattails of that all the way through mm-hmm. and strengthening yourself in that regard. Yeah. And also, like, when somebody does compliments you or whatever, you should just take it, like, with a grain, grain of rice as, as well, too. You know, don't let it get to you because it's, like, 
people that do that do become narcissists, do start acting like stars or start walking differently, whatever it is. And I feel like if you do start walking differently or whatever, do it because it's like something that you feel, not because like somebody told you about it or whatever. Because success, as fast as you could get it, you could lose it as well too. True. And after that, it's like, but wait, they told me I was good at this, this, and this. No, like somebody compliments you thank you you know absorb it whatever but uh don't carry that with you i'm not saying like don't let it make you feel like yes let it feel it but uh don't let that become everything i agree you know? there's a paradox don't let it consume you yes i agree and there is a paradox to this too because people i'm a firm believer and you should walk confidently mm -hmm. and you should believe that you're equipped and you have more in you, even if it's not showing up in real time mm -hmm. around you. You mm -hmm. should believe that you have yes. the tools necessary to be where you want to be. Let's say you want to be a high, high earner. You want to have massive influence and massive, not power, but massive persuasion of the right thing for people to do or the right way that people should go or operate in their lives. Mm -hmm. You should believe that already now, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it bleeds out in conceit and arrogance yes. in the process. If yes. you want to, I'm a big proponent of that, but yeah. I also joke about it with people that mm -hmm. know me well and are right. comfortable with right. me. You have to know the people, the right people that, cause you could come out as very arrogant, come off as very arrogant to other people. But if it's your, the ones that really know you and they are going to understand what you mean by yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Like I'll tell people that I'm comfortable with and talk yes. shit to them. Yes. I'll say, I'll say, look, man. People are looking at me like this because they think I'm somebody, uh -huh, uh -huh. even though, you know, inside, right. like I'm yeah. nobody yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh -huh. I say that word yet yes. because that'll happen. Uh -huh. I just don't know when. Uh -huh. And if it doesn't happen, okay, it doesn't happen. But at least I went on the metric of mm -hmm. it's a possibility. You're putting it out into the yes. universe. And the people that don't put it out mm -hmm. live concealed mm -hmm. and never, ever actually portray anything because they always live below what mm -hmm. even is neutral or what they could get in a, at a mediocre level. Right. So I'm saying go above mm -hmm. that. Even mm -hmm. if nothing is materialized yet in real time, think of yourself as above that, beyond that, because the way you believe is what you say to yourself repeatedly yes. in your mind. It's what you say with yes. your words and it's going to be how you live and it's going to be what attracts to you and it's going to be how the world perceives you. Right. That's yeah. important. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with everything you just said. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? You you have to you have to live in a way that it's just you in this in this mm -hmm. in this pursuit, right? You're not you're not acting as though you have a bravado, but you're acting like that could be a possibility, mm -hmm. you know, and that could mm -hmm. happen. That could materialize one yes, day. Absolutely. You know? And even if it does happen, you still have to remain humble just because you know that it could go away just like that. Absolutely. So it's like, yes, be happy about it. Embrace it. But that doesn't mean change uh, who you are externally with everybody else that help you get there or, you know, turn into like a superstar set, whatever it is. Like if it does happen, embrace it. Yes. Walk with confidence. But that doesn't mean, you know, treat people any different because of who you are. Because at the end of the day, you're when you get off stage, you're just like anybody else. Yeah. You know, yeah. when the lights are off, the mics are off, the cameras are off. You're just everybody else. You're just like everybody else, you Amen. know? And mm -hmm. that's the thing that you said it best. It can be taken from you. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, when they get that that amount of fame and for so long, they mm -hmm. think it's just, they, it just becomes a part of their identity. Right. And they feel like they cannot be abdicated from that position. Or if they lose that, 
then they feel like they lose everything. And it's like, no, you're still you. You could redo yourself. You could become anybody you want. You could uh, recreate yourself if you wanted to. But if you lose that, because there are, are people that have worked in this industry and no longer work in it, and they feel like they're down here. Oh, I don't work in radio anymore. I feel or TV anymore. I don't do this anymore. And I feel like I'm just a regular Joe Schmo. And it's like we all are. Yeah. Who we, What we do for a living does not determine who we are. That's just a part of you. You know what I mean? It's just a piece of you, but it's not who you are. Yeah. It's, it's not who you are. It's not your whole identity. There's other parts. I'm also an artist. I like to draw. I like to do other things. I'm also, you know, I, I love to cook. There's a lot of other things. So I don't like to be defined just by one thing. And I feel like nobody should just be defined by one thing. You know, like whenever you see somebody's biography on Wikipedia and it's like singer, songwriter, it's like, for mine, I want every, I want everything on there, you know, what two pages, you, <laughs> two pages. What would you be doing if you didn't do radio? Uh, you want me to be honest with you? Yeah, of course. See that black couch over there? Shut up. I would be cleaning that couch right there. Yes. No, this is a real thing for real. Okay. For real. Yes. I am obsessed and I know that this sounds weird and my real friends know this. Um, I would be cleaning uh, upholstery and carpet and uh that's what i i that's like a passion of mine really yes i really like like cleaning leather uh like i said upholstery carpet the extraction process i'm it's like a therapy for me and i do it like on the side really? and i feel like yes uh-huh and i love love to clean just to see a piece of leather or a piece of fabric or something that needs to be clean and just knowing that i did that it's it's satisfying no way yes i am obsessed with carpet and rugs would you start a carpet cleaning business? I did, yeah. I actually oh, you, did. You did? <laughs> I did. Uh-huh. Is it I up actually, and running? That it is still? up and running now. Uh-huh. For the longest time, I've always wanted to do something like that. But I was um, kind of hesitant because I didn't know anything about it. I knew nothing. I didn't know how to get started. I knew nothing. And it's like you have to get started somehow and people are going to criticize you. You know, I've told people about it and they find it kind of weird. They're like, really? You like to do that? And it's like, yes, I love doing it. I love it. I love it just as much as I, I love radio. And I just, I think that's probably what I would be doing. Full time. Full time. Yes. So you do it part time right now? I do it part time right now. Mm -hmm. Is there a, you have a business for it? I do. Yes, I do. So what's uh -huh. the name of it? It's called The Rug Life. The Rug Life. Rug Life. Yeah. I love uh -huh. that. Yeah. Uh -huh. Do you promote it anywhere? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. On just like a. Um, I actually have it or? right now. No, I have it right now on uh, Instagram. It's uh, the underscore rug life. So, uh, if you guys need any kind of upholstery carpet rug needs, I got you. And it's and just you doing it. It's just me doing it. And I do have somebody else that helps me whenever I get bigger, uh, projects. Like I've done houses where it's like way too much work for me. So I do have people that help me out. And, uh, I, like I said, I started doing it as just for funsies. And now it really did become a business where it's like, oh my gosh, I need to make sure that I have, you know, somebody, an employee or somebody that's going to help me out. And eventually I do want to make this into like a full-time business where I have employees and I'm able to, you know, help out people that have a similar passion in this. Yeah. Cause you do have to have a certain passion to be cleaning carpet, mm. <laughs> not yeah. just anybody. It's like, it's not for the paycheck. I don't do it for the paycheck. Honestly, like the money just comes whenever you have passion for doing something. Absolutely. I did not do this starting. I did it. I did it because like, uh, I'm around people all the time. And it's just like, I need sometimes just to be by myself with my thoughts and just sometimes think about nothing. And I just found this super relaxing 
And it's like, wait, I could do this, you know, for, you know, like a side little gig or whatever. I didn't, I'm not doing it, like I said, for the money. And it's not like I needed a second job, but I was like, why not? I'll do it. And I bought a machine. I started doing it. I started, uh, I took a training and I just started taking all of these courses and stuff. And it's just like, oh my God, I love this. It's, it's a balance between both uh, careers, I guess you could say. And after that, money just started coming in and it's like, holy fuck, like people will pay you to do this and i i would do it for free shit yeah and now like i said i have people that are like oh i want to work with you i want to work with you but it's like do you want to work with me because of the money or do you want to work with me because you find some kind of joy in this it's probably it's probably the 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 money i'm assuming because Mm -hmm. you know they're not going to likely have the same passion you have so i can't i can't like whenever i have people that work with me and stuff i have to make sure that they have some kind of like they get some kind of gratitude or some kind of like joy out of it because if not, you're not doing a great job. You're doing it whenever you do things for money, just because of the money, you're not doing it out of love. You're doing it because of greed or whatever it is. And you're not going to do such a great job. And like I said, me, I love doing it. I would do it for free. So I know that I'm going to do the best job I can. And uh, that's the kind of people that I want working with me. If that's going to be my business and my name on it, I'm going to make sure that you have the same passion towards this. So the people that have worked with me, they have somewhat same passion. That's so interesting about you. I did not know that. I never would. That was like a whole hour of the show. Oh, (laughs) podcast. Yeah. But that's cool. Yeah. That's now. Okay. So you, do you find yourself maybe possibly leaving the beat to do something like that or leaving radio in general to do something that's more career not the knife I said is the, mm-hmm. is the career for sure. But mm-hmm. what if, what if the radio station went down or they mm-hmm. stopped or they went out of business? I mean, the, would that be something that you would put your full time and energy? Into? Uh, I wouldn't, I still love radio. I still love the entertainment industry. So even if the beat for some reason, it didn't work out. I know that there's, that's not the only thing. Yeah. There's so many different outlets out there. It's 2022 and I can't, I can't victimize myself and be like, Oh, well that's it. All right. It's over. No, why would I stop there? Yeah. You know, there's no reason to stop there, but this is something that's always going to be, uh, both of these things are probably going to be part of my life forever just because I love them. I don't know if I love them equally. Like they're both my kids, you know? Yeah. And I, I never thought that I was going to be doing carpet stuff or couch stuff. And, uh, here I am doing it. That's so cool. <laughs> so whenever I tell people, they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. But that's the interesting quirk about you that only your close friends and family know and then obviously when i do show up to the places to clean they're like oh my god because i don't put my name there's no pictures there's nothing that shows that that it's me that it's my company so it's very professional nothing you know that has my views nothing it's strictly business here's my product here's my services and uh i advertise you know i'm locally 805 central coast area so people that have hired me it's through references or they see my work and they they like it and then when i show up it's like oh my god what are you doing here do you are you like they there's you? yes uh-huh that's so they're funny. like kind of like can i take a picture with you like yeah go for it oh shit yeah dude. so that's... it's happened and it's like uh it's funny because they don't expect that that it's me doing it yeah and so they at first think like oh are you like in need of money or you know they like are you that? yeah i have like i gotten people that have commented and they're like do you like that's need a rude. second second job like because they they don't think that 
they think that that it's weird uh, that uh, that that's what I'm doing. You know, that I'm actually because they think like, oh, you're on radio, you make a hundred million thousand dollars. No, we don't make that much money. You know, so it's not unusual for somebody who works in radio to have a second job. But like I said, I do it because I I love it. So it's it's just funny to hear people's reactions, and I don't take any offense to any any of it. Sure, I don't. The radio part is kind of the one side of you mm-hmm. and the the cleaning is the other side it's like yes. one is an alter ego and mm-hmm. one is the main sand yes correct you know so would would it be safe to say that radio is kind of the alter ego of you mm-hmm. and then cleaning is the main sandy uh i feel like cleaning is also a alter ego i oh, have like is. i have two. Oh yes yeah because oh yeah just one ego or more than one alter ego you have yeah oh yes uh-huh i do and just because like i i feel like a badass when i do both Really? I do. I do. I do. Like, I I take a lot of pride in what I do. And like I said, you have to love what you do in order for it to become successful. And don't ever follow, like, careers or anything like that for the money. Because you're going to get burnt out. You're going to be like, what the fuck? I've been here for 20 years. I hate that person. I hate what I do. I hate getting up in the morning. I get up at 4.30 in the morning every weekday. I love it. I never thought that I was going to be, I'm not a morning person, but I, I love it. I know where I'm going. I know that I'm going to get up at 4.30 and it's like, I know where I'm driving. It's it's a happy place. I I I feel happy. That's fulfilling though. It's fulfilling. Absolutely it is. So you have to find something that's fulfilling, whether it's whatever it is, because you just have to, like whatever it is, do find something that you like and find a way to make money doing it. That's it. You know, whether it's cleaning, whether it's uh, driving cars, whether it's painting, you're going to find the right people that are going to come to you. That's true. That's a true statement. Yeah. Because the thing, the problem with people finding or starting something that might not be popular Mm -hmm. or what their friends do or what their family has done, Mm -hmm. it's very foreign to them and they don't know how to navigate those waters. And because of that, they just get they get sidetracked with all of the possibilities that could go wrong mm-hmm. and all the complexities that are involved in that. And that takes them out mm-hmm. entirely. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they just, it's like we were talking about, if we, if you put out into the world that this is who I am, this is who I believe I am apart from what anybody else sees or part what anybody else thinks this, and this is, it's a mainstay with yourself. Not like something that you fake say to yourself mm-hmm. in the morning in mm-hmm. the mirror like i'm well able i'm worth it i'm it's like no fuck all that do you mm-hmm. like you say this shit to yourself every day multiple times in the day and you think it you mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. i know i could be this i yeah. know i yeah. could have this i mm-hmm. know i could do this and these things are constantly flooding your mental faculties you will become that because you mm-hmm. automatically start to orient yourself in the world mm-hmm. around the same like-minded people. Yes. Because one, you're holding yourself to a standard that you're not accepting through others if they don't help themselves to that standard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you automatically start to merge into circles of people that find the same interests as you. Mm-hmm. And because of that, iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. You continuously evolve, grow, Mm -hmm. and become a better version of who you. And it's all predicated on Uh how you think of yourself. So like you, you obviously, you, you find a certain type of fulfillment in this and it's not predicated on money because Mm -hmm. you already have something that provides that to you. Yes. 
you're able mm -hmm. to milk it for all it's worth in terms of the fulfillment factor. Mm -hmm. And that's major. And your advice for mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. to go out there and do something that they find valuable, that they find meaning in, that they will have a pride in. Yeah. And it's not mm -hmm. facilitated on just money. Mm -hmm. That's major. More people need to do that. Even if it is with your nine to five, mm -hmm. fine, mm -hmm. have your nine to five, but never lose sight of that vision yeah. and never lose sight of the belief that you have that you could be something bigger, more grander than you already are currently. And be okay with people criticizing you because that's going to be a big one, whether it's family or friends. Just remember, like I said, whether you're the president of the United States or you're JLo or you're the number one superstar in the world, people are always going to criticize you. So you got to go to, you know, what's calling you, your passion and just do it. Because yeah. if you listen to what everybody's saying, you're scared and, oh, they're not going to like it. I don't know how to start, what to do. You just have to start. Start and we're all going to fuck up. And that's kind of, whenever you mess up, it's kind of like a sign that you're trying. If you don't fuck up, you're not even trying. You're not even trying to do better. I imagine like, you know, when you go to the gym and stuff and you lift weights or whatever it is that you do, whenever you stretch and you're like, ah, oh, you know what, like this is it. And it's like, you're kind of like holding your limits or you're limiting yourself. You're not allowing yourself to be great. So you kind of have to just who cares what people say and just go for it and just do it. I agree. Like remain tunnel vision, right? Mm -hmm. Don't pay attention to other people. Yeah. Don't pay attention to comments, especially to people who have no idea. If somebody says, you know what, Justin, you go to the gym way too much. You don't need to do that. It's like, who, who are you? How, do you know something I don't know? Well, that's been told. Yeah. Times. Yeah. But it typically comes in the, in the form of a girlfriend. Uh -huh. Then we're, then she's an ex-girlfriend <laughs> okay. at that point. Uh -huh. Because if you're going to interfere with things that make me better, uh -huh. you can't be on my squad. Right. Yes. You just can't. Yes. Uh -huh. So that's that. Yeah. <laughs> Sandy, yeah. I don't want to take too much of your time. You've been so fucking awesome, dude. Thank you. I'm so Thank glad you. to have you. Now listen, you. Uh -huh. for people that are living under a rock and don't already follow you, uh -huh. Where can they find you? You guys could usually find me at Rancho Bar, Jocko. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> you know what? I haven't gone to Rancho. I haven't gone to Jocko's in a long time. Actually, I'm lying. I did go to Jocko's, but that was like really quick. Jocko's is the best. I do. I, I love it. I love everything. Even Sorry that Nipaz was there, but next time, you know, Nipaz shows up, you let me know. I'm calling you in. You let me like, know. Hey, this is my hey, girl. You're not fucking You got to tag me into the, into the will, ring. Yeah. Uh -huh. We could tag team them, man. I could take them on my own. Don't matter, oh, I know, you, know? you could. Oh. I'm basically the mayor there. You I, know? I, I know it. I, I know don't it. even know if there is a mayor. In a no, promo, you're the mayor. I'm, I'm Sandy the mayor. Danger is Sandy, the mayor. Sandy the mayor. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good rhyme to it. Yeah. Um, you guys could actually find me um, on social media under Sandy Danger Zone on Instagram. That's pr probably the best uh, platform. I do have Facebook and stuff like that, but it's just my aunts and cousins and stuff commenting, how's the family? So it's pretty boring on Facebook. I don't really <laughs> it engage. It is really boring on Facebook. It yeah. is, you know, so it's mostly just to kind of like keep in touch with with family and friends that are uh, no, not so close to the area. But Instagram, I love to talk shit. I love to conversate with people. So, you know, if you have something interesting to talk about, I love talking, you know. Um, yeah. So you guys can find me on there and I would love to follow some of you guys. If you guys, uh, you know, just let me know and. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, until next time, we're going to have you on again. You All right. Do this Sounds again. good. All right. Till next time. Done.